the GenTech podcast discussing business, investing, and marketing. How's it going, guys? Welcome to GenTech's podcast. This is Christian, your host. We have Naja here with us as well. She's going to be helping us talk to a very amazing guest here in Florida. We have another local with us today. We have Eric, um, the owner of Elevated Financial Group. He is an insurance broker and has been killing the game in sales. And really the power behind Eric in general is the fact that his main goal is to help people, whether it's his clients, whether it's his team. And I'm super, super, super stoked to be actually diving in and talking a little bit more with Eric. Eric, how's your day going so far? Man, it's going great, Christian. And I do appreciate you allowing me to jump on here, man. It's, it's kind of like an honor. You guys are blowing up as the largest marketing company in Tampa, pro- pro- much less Florida right now. So super <laughs> proud to be on here and honored, man. Thank you. And thank you, Naja. Thank you. So I'll get started a little bit about yourself, Eric. Um, first of all, where are you originally from? Are you from Florida? Yes, I'm actually from Polk County, Florida, the country. Uh, you can kind of hear that in my voice sometimes. I, I, I am from the country. I used to go gator hunting, four-wheel riding, all that type of stuff. Uh, I'm from Haines City, small city. All there used to be is orange groves in a couple neighborhoods back when I was born in 1991. So, uh, but yes, born and raised. Did you go to school to get a degree or? So did not get a degree. I actually did some college um, at Polk State College. And then I actually left because I was offered a management position at uh, Sprint, the wireless carrier back before T-Mobile took it over years ago. This was Mm -hmm. 11 or 12 years ago now. And um, I just quickly moved up um, from that management position and never seen the need to go back and finish college based on the the level of success I was able to attain in, in such a quick amount of time. I knew that it just wasn't for me. I'm not saying it's not for everybody um, because it is, you know, we definitely need uh, specific um, uh, individuals such as doctors, lawyers, things like that. But for me personally in sales and leadership and, um, you know, being in, in, on, on the marketing side as well, I, I, I just didn't see the need for college. Definitely. What first drew you to the insurance industry first before starting your own business? So um, I actually had a couple employees that worked for me whenever I was at Sprint that they were unhappy with the level of their pay. Um, and no matter how much I did for them, I couldn't change the pay structure. So they ended up leaving and they went into the insurance industry and they started getting in my ear as soon as T-Mobile was going to buy out Sprint. And when that happened, that entire buyout, I started making less money because they started changing my structure. So they were they were smart. They were strategically planting seeds in my ear over the course of about a year and a half. Um, but again, I had the golden handcuffs on. I was making a great salary plus commission. I felt powerful because I was over multiple locations. So I didn't really want to leave that. I was scared. I'll admit, I was scared. Um, but but them being in my ear so long, and then I, I had one friend walk up to the Brandon Town Center Mall out in Brandon, Florida, uh, and he showed me $600,000 in his bank account, and I quit right then and there. Wow. So would you say he was a mentor for you when, when starting in um, the insurance? A mentor? I'd say he's a really good friend of mine. Him and I, mm-hmm. are, are uh, we have some some beliefs. We also have some <laughs> some um, some separate opinions. I'll say, but he's still a really great friend of mine. But when he showed me that in his bank account, it wasn't about the money. It was about the freedom. Like he would just walk up to the mall and always be in my ear. And I just seen that it wasn't really about the insurance industry. It was about the freedom that he created for himself and his family. And and, and also he built a team of 70 agents in a matter of two and a half years. And I was like, wow. So you produced, right? Yourself, you made the money yourself. You did it. You left here, did that, and then also built a team of 70 agents. So you're, you're basically, you created what I always wanted to create, except you did it for yourself and not under somebody else's hierarchy. So that was huge for me. 
Definitely. And the type of person you are, you're obviously like very sociable and good with people. Do you feel like that makes you good at sales? I think it's a blessing and a curse um, <laughs> because it makes me great at sales, leadership. Um, I even, you know, I'm very confident. Some will call me cocky. Some will say I'm overly confident, whatever you want to call me. Um, I, but that's also the, the downside is some don't realize like with how confident I am and how sociable I am. I'm also just like everybody else. I have a huge heart. I love to give. Um, but sometimes I come across the wrong way when you first meet me. But ask anybody, any agent on my team, right, how much I give to them, how much of my support, my time, right, my um, just my my advice, whatever the case may be that I can help somebody else. I'm always willing to give my shirt off on my back. I actually have this saying that if you always intentionally give more than you receive, you'll always be ahead of the pack, even if it's not your time yet. Like, you know how a lot of people look at others and their successes, like I should be there. I never look at that because I know I've always given more than I've received. So eventually one right relationship because of how much I've done for them could catapult me light years ahead of whoever I thought that I should be in front of at the time. Does that make sense? Yes. So it's a blessing and a curse. I, I'm, I'm a really cool guy, but I'm aggressive. So sometimes I have to get to know or the person has to give me the opportunity to get to know me. I love that. So what, how'd your story go from there? So you quit your job. What were your next steps? I, I actually, uh, I had my uh, girlfriend jump into it first because I was that scared. I said, Hey, you go do it. I'll pay all the bills. Let's see how it is. So she um, jumped into it and she called me after a couple of weeks and she was actually crying. She's like, babe, this is hard. Like, this is way harder than I expected. I'm like, okay, what's going on? Tell me what's hard. And then she started telling me about the business and how it works when she first started like dialing every day, three to 500 dials a day, like getting a bunch of FU, FUs. Like I, you know, I've never, I've dealt with rejection because I worked out of kiosks and malls, like people saying, no, no, no. But you know, over the phone, when you get told FU a certain amount of times, it could do something to you, anybody. So finally, I, you know, I kept hearing her experience after the first couple of weeks and she was my guinea pig. And I was like, okay, let me come in one day. So I came in on a Sunday, watched it. I helped her. And then I had my friend who showed me his bank account a while back approach me because I had put her under him. He was her upline. And he's like, listen, man, she's struggling. Yes, she's never been in sales before, Eric. And I had to understand all of that. Like, she's never done anything like this. I've already been through all of that. So he's like, you can plug right in. We'll show you exactly what to do, how to do it, what to say, who to say it to. So I was like, all right, man, let's just do it. You know, let, let me see how hard it actually is, even though she, you know, she was emotional and she told me that and she's actually still in the business till this day. And, and she does amazing. But I jumped in with her. We started as a team about a year and two months ago, um, just me and her. And we started essentially trying to brand ourselves from day one because I didn't like dialing three to five hundred dials a day and getting rejection. So instead of focusing on the, the push market, I call that a push market. I focused on the pool market. How can I get people to pull towards me? First people I reached out to was Christian and Amel. <laughs> so, um, and I found them just like you did. You know, I was like searching on social media online and I found Gentech Marketing and they're the ones that really opened my eyes to what could be possible. Not just me as an agent, my girlfriend as an agent, but what could we build? What, like as a brand? And that's when the elevated thing came and they helped me, you know, um, come up with that elevated Eric, elevated Kiara, elevated financial, elevated health insurance. So that's now a lot of people know me as elevated Eric. Like I'll get phone calls all the time. Hey, are you elevated Eric from, you know, from one of my ads online or one of my social media Facebook groups? So that's what really got me started. What got me in 
was my friend showing me what could be done when it came to just being an agent. But Christian and Amel and working with them on the social media side showed me what could be possible as an entire brand. Because once you build that brand, it doesn't matter what you're in, insurance, real estate, whatever the case may be. When you pivot and you show you're great at something, your fans are going to follow. So that's what was important to me when I started and what actually got me going. Especially putting that name elevated on everything. It's very cohesive throughout your brand. So you're Elevated Eric and you own Elevated Financial Group and your insurance companies. So I think that is awesome. So you were working under this company. You joined your girlfriend. And then what made you decide to start your own business? So that's a good question. So when I started selling those products, I was still self-employed. She was self-employed and I still created my own brand, but I was what you call captive in the insurance agency. So I could only sell certain products under a company, even though I was 1099 self-employed, I was still, and I still had an LLC. I was captive. I could not sell life insurance. I couldn't sell other health insurance products. I had to sell for that specific company. Now, I'm not taking anything away from that company because they paid me wonderfully, okay, very wonderfully. I made a great living with them last year. But what made me go all in on Elevated Financial Group is because I knew working with that captive agency, but I could not build a team and call it fully mine because at any given time, they could tell me that to take an ad down. Like if me and Christian were working on an ad, that company could call it anytime and say, we don't like this ad, take it down. I didn't want that control. I am a bit of a control freak when it comes to my dream because it's my dream. Everybody has their own personal dream. And my dream is to call something completely mine of being uncaptive. And when you're uncaptive, you can do something really special. You can build your brand. You can build a team up of 100, 200 agents. And based on your profit and loss, what they call your EBITDA, you can actually sell and become a partner to a private equity firm and sell for millions. I could never do that. So I could bust my ass right now over the next two years, build up a massive team, help hundreds of agents become multiple six-figure earners, and then say, you know what? I've done my time. I'm ready to back up a little bit and never produce again. Just coach, lead, train, give everybody else my ability, and then get that you know multi-million dollar payout to be able to allow myself to do that. Being captive, you could never do that. I had to sit at a computer for 90 hours a week and grind and grind and grind. Still made great money but it wasn't as fulfilling to me. So I actually took a pay cut, left that two months ago, moved back to Orlando, Florida from Texas, where I actually started with the captive agency, my full career there, um, in order to grow and build a team here. And and that's what mattered to me was, was the brand building a team and being able to just fully lead at this position and not have to produce myself much anymore. Yeah. And you could tell you're just a natural leader with that. And I feel like you're really good at inspiring other people with the way that you talk. So um, I want to ask if there were any big challenges. I know you're still at the start of your career and your journey, but um, what are some challenges or setbacks that you faced during this process? Oh, man, during this process, just this process over the last you know year and two months. Um, mm-hmm. Well, the first setback was, you know, when I first started working with Christian and Amel, I wanted to build a brand so bad that I neglected purchasing leads. Like I just didn't want to do that. So for my second and third month in the business, I didn't do really well. I almost made no, I think I was negative. A lot of people don't know this, but my first three months, I have agents now doing 10 times better than I did my first three months, but I have to keep the confidence level up here. Like, Hey, honestly, they're out. Um, Because my first three months, I was so stubborn. I didn't want to dial. And it was a huge setback for me. Like if I would have just, 
bit the bullet and said, you know what, I'm going to invest in myself. But again, I come from that scared background because what do they give you? Golden handcuffs at an employer. They give you a salary. I'm like, invest a thousand dollars in leads. That's more than my car payment. You know, I thought that in my head. So it was hard for me to grasp, Hey, I'm a business now. I'm a business. So that was the huge first three months setback. Then I almost quit and went to Mercedes in Tampa to work for Mercedes AMG in Tampa with my buddy Mo. Um, and it was like right before I did that, uh, my upline who had showed me his bank account and everything, he's like, listen, man, I know we've kind of failed you here and we didn't show you a lot. You've been figuring everything else out on your own because I had a really bumpy start. He didn't really show me a lot. And he was going through a lot of his life at the time. So I almost quit. But right before he called me from Texas, he said, hey, man, I want to fly you out here. I, I want you to meet one of the most famous insurance guys on Facebook, which his name's Perry Lunsford, the healthy insurance dude. Christian and, and Amel know about him. And I flew out on a whim. I don't know what made me do it, but I did it because I didn't trust this guy anymore because we had a really rocky beginning. I love him now. Today, we're great. But at that time, then I went out there and Perry was already famous on social media. He had everything I wanted. So I was like, oh, and I'm the type of person I'm a sponge. If I see somebody that I, I really want to be like, I'm like, OK, I need to attach to you and learn everything I need to from you while also benefiting you. Not just taking, I want to give, mm -hmm. but if I want to be in your position, what do I need to learn? So I went out there and I busted my ass for Perry and, and I finished top 30 agents in the entire country for the captive agency within 10 months from March 1st to the end of the year. And we had a really great relationship. We still do. Uh, but, but Perry taught me a lot on the social media side. And that's actually, I kind of divorced Gentech only because I learned from Perry and Perry did it for free. So I was like, mm -hmm. Perry's like, well, I'm going to give you leads. Let me just do it. And he did. He helped me out. And but it wasn't it's no bad. I still refer people to Gentech all the time, but they knew I'm a control freak and I was going to learn something on my own eventually. But they still take care of everybody I send. I send to them and I still will send all of my agents to them for direct messaging, which I'll talk about that today as well. But, yeah, that's um, the setbacks, though. The main setback was my partying. So when I went out to Tampa, uh, I'm sorry, Texas, the reason why I left Tampa was because I know everybody. I know everybody in Tampa. So every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night, it was a birthday, bachelor party, uh, my favorite DJ. It was something. Mm -hmm. And everybody knows I'm the problem. Like when I go out, it's not one drink. I want 20 shots of tequila and I want to party till 3 to 4 a.m. And that's just me. And, and I, I'm a great time. I'm the, the, you know, I love having a great time. I love talking to everybody and and I was the problem. So that's really another reason why I moved to Texas was to get away from myself. My And, and, it, and it worked I, for five months. I didn't drink. I didn't go out. I didn't do anything. I just honed in on my business and had the best five month spree of my life. So it worked. And um, that was the huge setback, though. But then after I had some success, what I do, I started going to Dallas, Texas, spending a little bit of money, buying tables. Oh, I'm successful now, you know, so. I went through all the trials and tribulations that everybody else goes through. Don't let anybody fool you. Social media is a bitch. It will it will show you everybody's highlights and not what they went through. But I went through some dark times with me just not being able to give up the going out, the FOMO. Um, now I'm, I'm in a way better place, but it was hard. That's been my biggest setback always is can I say no to people? What do you think like the main lesson from those setbacks are? If I can wrap it up in one lesson is stop blaming others for your own bullshit. You're accountable for everything you do in life. I used to blame everybody and everything else. I used to, you know, if I was having a hangover for two or three days, I used to blame it on, you know, I wasn't getting enough leads or, or my agents weren't working hard enough. It's, it was me. It was always me. And it's always you. 
when you're when, when life isn't going right for a certain amount of time, it's either because you let it go wrong for that amount of time and you didn't change it, or you want to to be in that um, that vicious cycle of um, excuses and 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 just being able to le- lean the blame on others. And I I had to learn how to get out of that. So now when I wake up late for work, I'm more pissed off at myself than anybody. I hate it. If I if I leave early, I start blaming myself like should i have left early today you know you like those are little things if you start teaching yourself how to hold yourself accountable in every instance and hold yourself to a schedule you'll start realizing i'm the problem and when you realize you're the problem you'll finally be able to actually solve it (laughs) so that's that's how that's the biggest lesson that i learned is accountability and i want to go back to elevated financial group so um i know we were talking before the podcast about your differentiation so what do you do to stand out from your competitors in the insurance agency? What do I do to stand out? So I, I do a lot. Um, I do social media. I run my ads. I'm a, I do a, little, a couple funny videos, right? I, I posted a video the other day with my broke hands and I said, I, I fought the insurance companies and broke both my hands trying to get better rates for my clients. You know, just little things like that, that, that stand out. And, you know, um, an, another thing that we do that's very different is I go after influencers I go after very niche influencers and I I have a message drawn up already where other people, they love to just purchase leads and buy leads because they're not personalities. So that's their only avenue. I'm a personality. So I want to get in front of other personalities and we work together. So I, we call it a one to many, right? So I'm trying to find the one person that can get me to many. That's where I separate from the crowd. Um, it's not that I'm looking for the easy avenue. I'm looking for the bigger fish so we can create another pond. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm not big on the individual anymore. I'm big on the individual. What can I do for you first to show you that I'm valuable to you? And how many other people like you do we know that we could partner with and create something special, not just for us, but for others. So that's what I'm focused on now. That's what my brokerage focuses on. We we go after social media influencers on Instagram. We partner with them. I don't want to give away all my secrets, but (laughs) Because people are going to watch this and be like, oh, you know, let me listen to this and see what Eric really does. Um, but I went after a very niche market in the health insurance industry that really catapulted me. Amel and Christian know what I did um, because I seen them at a conference <laughs> and they kind of see how I um, how I penetrated a certain niche market that needed my help. Um, but what what I do differently is I'm always proactively thinking about other ideas and I'm not. See, they always say you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Absolutely. You do. Absolutely. You know, they always talk about this book, um, How to Win Friends and Influence People in 1930. I read the I, I listened to the audible of the book. Super I have it right here. <laughs> you, OK, so I'm going to tell you. OK, so you see it. Right. So I tried to listen to that. And I'm like, that was cool for people in 1936, not in 2022. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. People don't buy from you because they like you. People buy from you because they know what the hell you're doing. Like, right. So my biggest thing is there's no black and white, right? Like people either hate me or they love me. There's no in between. They're not like, Hey, oh, that's a pretty cool guy. They, they know when they get me on the phone, I'm authoritative. I tell them, listen, okay, this is why we're doing what we're doing right here. I'm not going to bash any other agent, but here's why they tried to sell you this. It's my job to make sure you're not sold. So which one do you want to go with? Yeah, this looks better on paper because they got you a lower price because all they did was listen to your budget. You said you had a $300 budget. They got you a $250 plan and sold this like the next, like the next best thing. I got you a $350 plan that's actually going to keep you safe. And I'm not going to budge from that because I don't sell things that aren't going to keep my clients safe. That's what we do differently. We're ethical and we don't cross that line. 
there's a line that we simply don't cross and we expand our ideas. We're not thinking, hey, what, okay, let's just buy more leads. We're thinking, how can we meet the next person that we could partner with that can put us in front of a hundred people that I could go and speak and give my elevator pitch to and sign 50 individuals up and help 50 families that day. That's what's different. The one to many is what I focus on. And one more question before I hand you off to Christian. You talk a lot about investing in yourself and, and always reinventing yourself. Um, what are the best tips or advice you could give someone? Uh, how do you self-improve? Like by reading books, do you take classes? How do you continually self-improve and, and reinvent yourself? So I self-improve because there's a lot that I need to improve on. I'm impatient. Um, I expect me out of others. And it just, just doesn't work like that. Uh, so one thing that I've done to improve and like, I'm not the same, like how I am right now, I am passionate. This is passion, right? And I love this. I, I'm absolutely having a great time. I love talking about myself. Anybody who says they don't, they're idiots. They, they do. Okay. We all love talking about ourselves. We're all beautiful. We all have something special. It's the people that don't realize that are the ones that are behind you. You realize you're special. You hone it in and you give it to the world. That's what we all try to do. So how I self-improve is I take a look at the previous day. And I say, what did I slack on, right? What did I, I I'm just, I personally self-improved by looking at, did I get a little bit better from the previous day? If I didn't, if I took a two and a half hour break to go to lunch and I, you know, didn't do a one-on-one -on -one with an agent, I thought I had scheduled or I missed two of my appointments because I wasn't paying attention to my calendar. That's how I self-improve. But when it comes to like um, self-help books, there's one book that helped me a lot. It's called Relentless. It was uh, Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant's uh, uh, trainer back then. And um, he, he talks about um, um, individuals with personalities such as mine. Um, and, and it's a really great book. He's um, very to the point and he's very, he's just like me. He's like, if they don't like it, that's them. You are, you are a winner. That's it. You're relentless in your pursuit to greatness. And people don't, that don't understand that will call you an asshole. They'll, they'll call you overly confident. No, this is what it takes to be in my position to make sure all of my people win. Because if I'm not strong and I'm not leading from the front and I break down and I show that, then everything's going to break down. So I self-improve by understanding the position that I'm in. And did I do everything I should have done the previous day? And I write it down. What I started doing as well, started waking up earlier. You get up earlier, you set a schedule, and you will get more done for the day. It's little things. Wait, I don't take cold showers. I, I don't do all of that stuff. All you know, all the the mythical stuff that people talk about. I take like a like a, a piece of paper every every morning, and I write down all the tasks that I missed the day before. And the first thing I do before I get started with anybody is I accomplish those tasks. That's why I had to wake up a little bit earlier to make sure I I did what I was supposed to do yesterday. But as a business owner, if you're not doing that, you're shooting yourself in the foot. I love that, man. And honestly, huge shout out to you for providing so much value. I feel like just like literally in the past 20 minutes or whatever it's been, like you, you, you could have yeah, potentially changed a couple of people's lives just by simply like applying what you just said, because I feel like the amount of value that you just dropped is like not comparable to anything ever, like especially on our podcast. Um, I well, do Chris, want to give just it real quick. Just mm -hmm. just real quick on that, right? You just said that I dropped a lot of value. Really, it was the most simple thing. I only said that I write down what I didn't accomplish the day before, and I just do mm -hmm. it before I get started with my day. But the problem is people get on these things, and they listen like there's going to be some secret. You literally yeah. have to accomplish your tasks. Small tasks, they'll all add up, and then you'll see massive success over time. Problem is people have this instant gratification. You can go on 
you know, social media and look at girls' butts all day long. Like it's just there, right there. So then you start questioning your own significant other. It's right. So everything's instant gratification. So if something's not successful in the, in the first couple of weeks, they give up on it. But by holding yourself accountable and teaching yourself to look at yourself as your own worst enemy, you'll start becoming your own best friend. I know that sounds weird, but you will. You'll become your own best friend because you'll talk to yourself more. But that's all I wanted to say on that. And it, it's no secret. It's no secret. No, definitely, man. And I, I, I'm a true believer in the to-do list, the micro to-do list. I talk about this all the time. I'm sure you've seen it on my social as well, is the fact of moving the needle a little bit actually ends up moving it a lot when you look at the, when you like basically zoom out, if you will. Um, so I absolutely agree with everything that you have to say about like self-improvement and whatnot. However, I do want to pivot over to the marketing side. Obviously, we are a marketing company, right? So we want to talk about marketing stuff so that our yeah. audience gets some value out of that. Um, so first things first, I know a lot about what was successful for you, but why don't you let the audience know, like truly, what is what was the best marketing strategy for you and what was the worst marketing strategy for you? Keep in mind, marketing strategies are just strategies. So what worked for Eric might not work for you and what didn't work for Eric might also work for you. So take his experience as like food for thought and really take it and learn from it. Because at the end of the day, like Eric has spent tons of money on his marketing. So if you're able to get that knowledge without having to invest that money yourself, I think that by itself would be an ROI of your time of listening to um, the podcast that we have today. So Eric, why don't you fill us in about first, let's start with the, let's start with the good ones. What was the best? And then move on to what didn't work so much. And then what you did to change that. Absolutely. So you're putting me in a corner to talk about my secrets is what you're doing. So it's, <laughs> a, it's fine. It's fine. We'll, we'll talk about it. So number one um, ROI, I believe for any, especially new business owners is uh, direct messaging your entire warm market. That is just that what it did first of all is on Facebook and, and, I, and I'll go into detail. So I, when I reached out to Christian and Amel, we started ads at first, but we realized I didn't have enough brand yet. So you need, every business needs to build a brand. I don't care what company you work for, build yourself, not the company, build your name, your brand. The, the products will sell, but they're really buying into you and your brand. So that's first and foremost, what works best is building a brand. Nothing works better. Your personal brand is everything. I don't care what anybody else tells you, it's personal brand. Now from there, specifically Christian and Amel, um, and I'm telling you, Naja, Chris, I, I don't know if you know this story, but I, I told Christian and Amel, uh, hey, let's let's back off on the running the ads because I didn't have a brand built yet. I didn't have any trust built yet. I didn't have any branding content. As a matter of fact, I just hired a branding content to come out here on April 13th and film for the next three months. So just branding. They don't do any marketing, just branding me. All right. So that's what's most important. But direct messaging was so important to me. So the first thing I'm going to tell everybody on this podcast is get to 5,000 friends on Facebook as soon as possible. If you're a business owner or somebody in sales or, you know, that's that's trying to reach an audience and you don't have 5,000 friends, what are you doing? Those are 5,000 people that you can have a conversation with. Right. And Gentech marketing keeps them in order and can direct message them for you. It's the best thing since sliced bread to me is Christian and Amel uh, using Gentech marketing for direct messaging. My ROI was amazing. It helped with my, um, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Christian, you're better at this. Uh, more people started seeing my posts, my algorithm, my algorithm. Started like helping. Yeah. More people were seeing my posts. And then there's a saying, right? In, in the social media world, they say that for people to see what you do over seven times, you're going to become 
their, one of their first choices that pop up in their head when they're finally able to buy. So when I had Kristen and Amel doing my direct, my direct, direct messaging and me just keeping the conversation going after that, then I would post 70% personal on my Facebook page and 30% business, right? I'm giving everything now, right? Kristen, you understand like <laughs> all the nuggets that, have been dropped. I made probably 40 to $50,000 over the course of six months with direct messaging and posting the 70-30 rule on my Facebook. I helped that many families to make that much money. And not only that, but that was just the initial ROI. Not, not counting the referrals that I've received from people that I've sent, me people that I've sent a message to with, with Gentech Marketing from a year, a year ago will still reach out to me till this day. Like I have a referral partner that I'm about to talk to that I sent a message to. And because he remembered I sent that message, he wants to speak to me about sending me his health clients because he, he works for an investment firm mm -hmm. and he wants his clients to have everything with referral partners and everything. So understand direct messaging to your warm market, 5,000 friends and all of your 6,000 followers on Instagram. Instagram, I didn't get as much ROI, but I still got a lot of good conversation out of it. Okay, and I developed a couple referral partners out of it. But that's number one, branding, direct messaging. And then once you have, you got to get to 20 to 30 reviews on your business page on Facebook as soon as possible. When I started, when I, when I surpassed that 20 review, I, that 20 review mark, I started getting people that would just reach out to me. That was important. Um, make sure your business page is set up the right way. Let Gentech set it up or whomever you're going to use. But, you know, I, of course, Gentech knows their stuff. They're going to do it the right way. Um, and, and I'm not selling you guys at all. They know that I don't even use you anymore, I, literally. But I'm telling you guys, if you want to do it the right way, go with Gentech. And they know exactly how I position my business and the direct messaging. And then we started running ads. But here's the problem we ran into with our ads is Gentech was running a form ad. So we try to form out first. The problem with forms is people, when they fill that form out, they're usually susceptible to forms everywhere on the Internet. So when I'm reaching out, you also got 30 other agents reaching out because they probably just filled a bunch of forms out online and see who gives them the best quote. So the form thing didn't work. So I blew probably $13,000, $15,000 on social media ads uh, through Gentech on the form because we didn't know. I didn't know. Gentech didn't know. This was a learning experience for us. Mm -hmm. We learned together. Um, and then we switched to messaging. Messaging, much better because you can go on there and control the conversation and let them know you're a real person. You're not a scammer real human being, you're licensed or whatever you do in your profession, you're having these real time conversations. And then you can start, um, uh, you know, uh, looking at your cost per message, etc. So that was really cool. When we made that switch, it started working. Okay. Now I transitioned from Gentech to, of course, my mentor, because he was doing it for free because of how much I was, uh, how much volume I was doing. He was doing it for free. It was nothing against Gentech, but free is better than, you know, uh, two or three thousand or whatever the case may be because of, but it wasn't free. I had to produce a certain amount for him to help me. Okay. Um, but understand that if you don't tackle your warm market first and start creating that algorithm and also reacting to people's posts, comment on people's posts, don't be a stranger. You think they're going to talk to you about whatever product you're selling if you haven't even liked one of their posts in two years? So, that's important to me. Always, when you're on social media, strategically use it. Comment, share, show people love. You never know when it's going to come back or when the ROI is going to come back around. You just don't know. Genuinely reach out to people. Say, hey, how you been? Don't even try to sell them your product. Hey, man, how you been? You know, hey, we haven't talked in forever. Start that conversation and then wait. See if there's anything that they need first. And then later on, start the conversation about your product. Hey, maybe I can help you out with this. Maybe I can't.
What's the worst that can happen? So the biggest thing I can tell you is work your social media in a strategic way, work your more market, direct message. Man, I think Christian and them charged me 600 bucks a month and I was making at least three to 10,000 a month off of just ending, you know, finishing the conversations that they were starting and they keep it in alphabetical order. So I didn't have to. That was huge for me. What else do you need from me? <laughs> well, first of all, it's awesome how much success you've had um, with, first of all, the ROI on the direct messaging, obviously spending 600 to make 10,000. That, that's, a, that's a deal I'd take any day. And on the other side, on the ad side, being able to pivot and realizing when something isn't working and moving it into something that works and actually doubling down on what works in order to actually be able to scale. And obviously, like, you know, obviously, when, we, when we're doing a podcast, we do have a list of questions that we like to keep in mind. And usually the next question I would ask here uh, would be, like, how important is social media in your business? But I feel like at this point, it's such a rhetorical question because all we've been talking about is social media in your business and how it really took it to the next level. Let me ask you this instead. Do you feel like your business would not be in the position it is right now if it wasn't for the power of social media and the way you utilized it? It absolutely would not. My business, my brand, I'd be doing twice the work. Like I get new agents that come in and they're like, Eric, like, how do you just get phone calls? I'm like, because I'm on social media, my information's on social media and I've developed my brand and I have reviews for people to look at before calling me. So they already know some type of trust is being established before they're even reaching out. That's how. And then I take care of my clients and I customer service the hell out of my clients. Like sometimes I do it a little bit too much where they're, they're texting me for their ID cards. And I'm like, man, you want me to do everything, but I shut up and I do it because guess what they do? They turn around and refer me two to three people. And then it's an ongoing um, success rate. Your referrals are your, are your, are your best ROI for success. And you get those referrals by what? Developing a brand for a pool market. You pull people in. They love what you do. They get to see that you're trustworthy. Then when they send referrals, you get to send the referrals to the Facebook page. Hey, look, not just don't just take it from my word. Look at what this guy's been able to do for these for, for these other clients and myself. Hey, let's get on a call now. It's a very simple concept, but people don't want to put in the work or they don't want to invest. They don't, they're scared. Like I wasn't scared to spend 10 grand with 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 Gentech. I lost, I lost. 10, 15,000, but then it started working. And then I made 10, 15,000. You have to be ready to spend. I spent a hundred thousand dollars in the last year on marketing, a hundred thousand dollars on marketing. Just imagine that some people can't fathom that. And I think that's a regular year, <laughs> but remember when I first started, I was scared of that. So, you know what I did? I did direct messaging and I worked my warm market and I made 30 to $50,000 in order to start doing build it to start building my brand the problem is people want to skip the hard work the, the the individual conversations the intimate long conversations that you have to keep working and the follow-ups and and um everything of that nature in order to get the money and then they're oh man i just made this money and i just put all of this work i don't want to spend this on ads that might not work or a new concept that might not work biggest advice i can give you is just fall fall on your face and fall fast Figure it out. But if you hire somebody, make sure they know what they're doing. Check out Gentex reviews. I'm sure you guys have plenty of reviews. And the thing is, man, it's not just your brand on social media. It's also what are you doing outside of this when people are like, hey, I know you from Instagram. Are you being awkward? Or are you actually conversing with them and, and being the real you like you are on social media? 
that's a huge thing that I see people do all the time. And, they'll, they'll, and I see it all the time where people will see somebody or one of their clients don't say hi, no nothing, but then DM them on social media. Hey, I seen you the other day. That's the weirdest thing to me. Why don't you just go up and say hi to people and then introduce, introduce yourself? I think your business will 10x becoming the real, the, the person you portray to be on social media. If you work hard at doing that in real life, because word of mouth is still the number one um, advertisement, right? Aside from social media. So if you do both, what do you think is going to happen? But you have to be the real you outside of your Instagram page. You really do. And people know me. I'm the same. I'll, I'll never switch up. <laughs> that's probably my downfall. But that's just me. So No, nah, that's definitely not a downfall. I'll tell you that, man. It's, it's literally awesome to, obviously, like first I met you in person, then seeing how you were able to take that and reflect it on social. I feel like a lot of people they want to formulate this different character on social rather than being themselves. Mm -hmm. When I feel like you were always this like energetic, super positive person. And then you were able to reflect it on social. And then in terms that actually attracted the people who want to work with you in a sense. So um, rather than being this false character and then in real life, you're different. You're actually exactly who you are, which is why it works for you. And I love that. I'm going to, I'm going to just kind of like run through like a quick summary of kind of like the things we talked about. Kind of, I want to see if there's anything you might like to add. So first of all, um, a Florida native from Polk County uh, was working at Sprint for nine years. And then a friend of yours um, was shifting over to the insurance industry, showed you um, an amount in a bank account that potentially maybe you haven't seen before. And the not the amount itself, but really the freedom that comes behind that is really what inspired you to kind of take that shift and start building Elevated Eric. And it's really, again, not for the financials, but for the control, because again, you were working with another company and the reason you decided to build your own is because you want to be able to control your situation. Again, working for money, sure, you can get a certain level of freedom, but for you, the, the fact that really it was about the freedom and not the money where you were able to move it and do it with your own business and take a, take a pay cut, like you mentioned, just for that freedom is proof that it really wasn't for the money what you did and really was for the freedom and the ability to move around and really be able to do whatever you want. Um, you were able to connect with the big leaders. I feel like that's another lesson um, to learn is provide value to someone in places you want to be. So how you did with Perry, became friends with him, became one of the top 30 agents in the country. Um, again, that provided value to Perry. So in turn, Perry kind of took our position in your business and provided you with value as well. So a big struggle for you um, was the, the, the FOMO, was the, the fact that you were not able yeah. to say no at the start of your business. And I feel like that's a huge lesson. Like uh, even to me, I feel like that is one thing that applied in my personal life is the ability to say no. Like, like, it's like it's Wednesday, I'm not going out. I'm staying home, I'm cooking my meal. I'm actually grinding today because again, my free time is designated in a sense. And I feel like the ability for you to say no and create that boundary is really what sets you apart. Because when someone comes from a personality where they like to go out and party and have a lot of friends, you're, you get, you're getting invited left and right. So you really don't know how to say no to 10 things that are coming at you. So having that boundary, I think is a big lesson, not just in business, but in life as well. Another huge, huge lesson is again, something I also like believe in heavily is stop blaming others, blame yourself. So if I feel like something's not working in my business, I feel like it's my sole responsibility to fix that because my team 
depends on me. And in terms, I have to work for my team rather than the other way around. So it's not like, oh, my team members are not getting enough sales. It's their fault. No. What am I doing that's not allowing them to grow their business under me in that sense, like your mindset of your agents. It's like as if you work for your agents rather than them work for you. And that's why you were able to take that shift and become extremely successful in your industry. Because again, we were talking about how 90% actually fail in your industry. So having that shift, I think, gave you a massive competitive advantage in your industry. And um, you focus on the one-to-many approach, which we like as well. Usually when we secure VIP clients and we provide amazing results for them, we end up getting referred to more or less everybody in their industry. So that's kind of how it works for you as well, because I feel like what you're talking about with the influencers and the social media may not be as tapped into as just like cold calling where people are dialing 300 numbers a day, this and that. So you're doing something different and you're doing it in a way that can get you a huge return because again, it's not about the one direct sale. It's about impacting as many lives as possible. And the v- me versus myself approach. Oh my God. I love that concept, man, where you just focus on like being the number one competition to yourself from yesterday. And rather than maybe looking at someone and saying, I want to be like that person and comparing yourself to someone's highlights, like you were mentioning, it's comparing yourself to you and working towards your own personal highlights, because that's what really matters at the end of the day. Comparing yourself to others has no effect on your life. Comparing yourself to you is pushing you forward. A tip for everybody watching, again, a reminder, um, the book that actually helped change Eric's life is called Relentless. So if you guys want to check that out, um, I personally haven't read it myself, so I might have to check it out as well. And when it comes to your business, focus on your inner circle, focus on providing value to them. Eric's strategy is more or less pretty straightforward. Again, easier said than done. Grow your Facebook friends list to 5,000 if you haven't already and DM all of them and get 20 to 25 reviews on your Facebook page. I mean, three bullet points for you right there to just be able to go and attack. And actually, if you achieve those things, then obviously Eric has spoken about his experience regarding his return on that. So you can kind of envision what that would equate to for you as well. And again, this is for anybody because Eric is also young, you know, so it's not like um, it's like you need to be 45, 50 years old to have this many connections that can actually work with you. It's the fact that just knowing more people um, and at the end of the day in business, age is not the biggest factor. What's the biggest factor is actually the value you provide. Actually providing value in a sense where you want to do something in your business rather than the concept of build it and they will come because that just doesn't work anymore. You have to go out there and bring the value. You have to go out there and bring the benefits and really being yourself one on social in real life. If you are focusing on a personal brand, because again, if someone sees you on social and they're attracted to you on social and then they see you in real life and you're not the same person that disconnect alone is going to hurt your business. So why build a fake personality when you can be yourself and attract the right people who want to work with you? I feel like I pretty much summed it up. I hope I didn't miss anything. I man. Feel like, I feel like you said everything I said, but 10 times better. It's fine. It's fine. The biggest thing I can tell everybody, take the risk. Never, never apologize for being who you are. Just sharpen yourself. That's it. That's why when I, when I say it's always me versus me from the previous day, that's literally it. But are you at? But a lot of people can't hold themselves accountable because they don't feel like they're the problem. And no matter how many times you tell them, you can tell them they're blue in the face. But until they understand that for themselves, 
they're never going to understand it. Okay, so take the risk, understand it's you versus you. Be your own worst enemy, but also be your best friend. When you do something well, congratulate yourself. When you do something shitty, tell yourself, why did you do, like, like be hard on yourself. But yeah, man, you said everything great, brother. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard work. It's, you know, you did it. You grew a business. Amel grew the business. I mean, look at Naja. She found you guys, at, you know, online, like searching because she wanted to do better for herself. Like people need to understand you have to go out and get this. There is so much money out there right now, even with everything going on, the stock market, man, I'm getting my ass whooped in the stock market. I don't even want to talk about that, but I don't let any of these outside things that I can't control affect me because there's so much money out there. You just simply have to meet the right people and execute on what people are telling you because people will give you some secrets. They will. If you get, if you get good with them, they will tell you exactly how to be successful. And I was blessed to have that out of mentors, but I also took the risk to go get in front of those people and have the right conversations. And I also took the accountability factor that I learned, um, you know, with, with the whole FOMO thing and the partying and, and, and just the whole picture finally came in when I realized there's people counting on me. So if I go down, everybody goes down. And when you start realizing that people do really count on you in this life, you'll start moving a lot different, especially if you take that role as a leader. Like, look at you, Christian. If you start going down a different path, how many people are gonna be affected by that, man? You genuinely have to realize, like, who counts on me? My family. Man, I got two dogs at the house. They count on me every day to bring them food, right? Those are my babies. Those are my everything, right? I got family, too, that counts on me. I have agents. I have 68 agents that I'm over right now, and we're onboarding another 350 to 700 over the next month, right? If I fail, they fail. So be hard on yourself whenever you take this opportunity into entrepreneurship because it's not easy. That's it. It's not That's easy, true. but it's the most rewarding thing you can ever do in your life. I promise you that. Take the golden handcuffs off, have some fun, fail. We're all still young. doesn't matter. I've lost everything three times. Three times I've lost everything. So, And I've made it back. So you can definitely do it. If I can, I know anybody can. Definitely, man. Definitely. Again, thank you. Huge shout out for you to come on the podcast and provide this much value um, to everybody listening. Um, if you guys want to reach out to Eric, whether it's for business advice or to follow along his journey, or even if you need help actually getting proper coverage because again as eric mentioned he's not going to give you a policy to sell you he's going to give you a policy to actually help you um as well as anybody in your circle that you believe um might be looking for coverage it's at um it's elevated eric on instagram as well as elevated financial group and we'll also give tri shout out at elevated tiara so hit up any of these accounts on instagram and then you also have a website that they can look up yeah, so we just launched a new website. It's not quite up yet, but the 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 domain is insuranceelevated.com. Insuranceelevated.com. It should be done between Monday or Tuesday of next week. But yeah, it's Elevated Eric, Elevated Financial Group. Um, we got a couple different things going on. But yeah, health coverage, life insurance. Uh, we do annuities. Um, we do whole life final expense. We do we pretty much do everything insurance related. Uh, we're also going to get into property and casualty next month, auto, home, renters, everything. Uh, I want to be a full service broker for everybody. Um, but also, guys, watching this podcast, I'm telling you, spend the money on a marketing team. That's the one thing that I can say. And Gentech is a perfect example. Care of Gavin, I know still you take, you've taken care of multiple people that I've sent to you. Ian, when we did the direct messaging, all of my new agents are going to um, be sent directly to you for direct messaging. Drake, you just got in contact with him the other day. And guys, I'm mentioning these names because these are real people that I'm sending his way because Gentech is going to 10x their opportunity if they start with the market first, which Gentech are pros at keeping it in 
alphabetical order and helping you uh, 10X your business from day one. So please follow that that uh, more market with, with what I told you and it'll work. And again, man, thank you so much. We do appreciate the kind words. I mean, we are doing whatever we can to help improve as many businesses as possible, just like you are trying to improve as many lives as possible. Um, and again, if you guys want to be on the podcast and you believe that you can provide more value than Eric, which I doubt is possible, but point is, <laughs> is that reach out to Naja at gentechmarketing.com and you'll be able to schedule um, maybe a podcast. Obviously, uh, we'll have to go do a, a deep dive on your business. See that if you were able to be on the podcast as well as visit www.gentechmarketing.com um, if you want to um, get a quote and kind of book an appointment and see if we're able to um, actually help you grow your business. But that's pretty much it from us. Again, thank you, Eric, for being on the podcast. Thank you, Naja, for organizing all of this. And we'll see you guys on the next one.